Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hotcakes, though? Mm, I want some hotcakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome, folks. Uh, this is Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. I'm uh, going to get into it right now with the NFL Week 2 waiver wire suggestions. Now, I know many of you are upset at how Week 1 went down with certain players not performing at all, injuries happening. So we're going to go through uh, some of the notable injuries as well as uh, some of the waiver wire suggestions. So uh, let's just start off with the havoc that was wreaked upon the tight end position because we lost not one, but two of the top viable options at the position. So uh, Greg Olson refractured his right foot, which uh, sidelined him for multiple weeks uh, uh, last year. Uh, so he, Olson was out for at least nine weeks last year. Uh, to be perfectly honest, uh the fact that uh, he says he's optimistic he'll play again this year means that he's going to be gone two months, most likely. Uh, you know, in the meantime, if you don't have an IR spot in your uh, fantasy league, this is a case where I would almost recommend uh, dropping him outright rather than trying to hold on to him as a roster spot just because, again, with a re-injury, chances are, you're not going to see him for quite some time uh, regarding the matter. So it, it, this is a case where, you know, just cut your losses and don't try to uh, extend what's already a bad situation. Now, the other injury is a season-ending injury uh, to Delaney Walker, who unfortunately uh, dislocated his ankle with ligament damage. Not only is this season-ending, this could potentially be career-ending for Walker at his age, uh, given the number of years uh, he's had in the league, because he's, he's also uh, a player at 10 years in the league. You know, it, it's that's a tough injury to come back from uh, at his age. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, he's done for the year. So in terms of tight end targets, I, I will look at on waiver wires. You know, Jared Cook had a big game Monday night against the Rams. Uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, I can't see the Raiders actually utilizing him in that fashion consistently throughout the year. Jared Cook is usually good for one of these uh, games, uh, 
throughout each uh, fantasy season, and then he disappears off the radar completely. So, while yes, I can see why folks are gravitating towards him at the tight end spot, uh, to me, the more likely candidate that you should be targeting is George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Kittle is less than 40% owned in most Yahoo and ESPN leagues, just because people were... uh, not sold on the fact that his shoulder was going to be healthy. So I look at Kittle uh, as the top uh, tight end option. Then other options you can uh, consider would be Ben Watson of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Yes, the Saints look bad, but Watson is getting the targets and uh, snap count. So uh, you can actually roster him with confidence, Uh, you know, Besides that, uh, there's Jono Smith of the Titans. Uh, he's going to be the next man up stepping in for Walker. Uh, he has a ton of ability, just hasn't had any time with the first team uh, just because of Walker being the gatekeeper there. So uh, that would be the name I would uh, the names I would kind of take a look at for the tight end spot. Now uh, let's get into what's going on with the wide receiver position. Uh, Doug Baldwin getting hurt in the first quarter of the Seattle game, put up goose eggs for a number of owners, including yours truly, uh, you know, immediate replacement for Baldwin on the Seahawks would be Brandon Marshall. No, you would not be looking at, uh, moving Doug Baldwin. If you got an IR spot, great. Uh, if not, you're going to have to bite the bullet on this one. Uh, Pete Carroll thinks it's going to be two to four weeks. I would say that's pretty aggressive in terms of uh, the MCL sprain because they're saying it's a grade two uh, uh, sprain slash tear. Uh, so more likely you're looking at four to five weeks for Baldwin, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, just, you know, he said it from the outset, the knee was going to be healthy this year. You know, kind of roll the dice on the rankings just uh, uh of drafting him, but you know this uh, this does go with the territory. But uh, uh, in terms of Baldwin, I would say don't expect him at least until week six at a minimum, uh, just because it, it doesn't it doesn't look uh, too good uh, from a knee perspective to rush him back too early. So I could easily see this extending to at least a month out, uh, not two weeks. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, another name to keep an eye out for would be Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know Deshaun Jackson had two touchdowns, but if you really look at the statistics, Godwin more than handily beat out uh, Jackson for snap counts. Uh, Godwin was in for over 70% of the snap counts uh, for Tampa Bay. He is actually the number two wide receiver on the team, not Jackson. Jackson, uh, is closer to being the number three or four wide receiver on the team based off of the snap counts alone. It's just that Jackson made the most of his opportunities and the fact that the Saints defense was basically asleep at the wheel on Sunday with Fitzpatrick uh, just throwing all over the place. So uh, I would say keep an eye out for Chris Godwin on your waiver wire picks uh, because uh, that's definitely a name you want to keep an eye out for the rest of the season because he definitely, out of anyone I'm listing here, uh, would be someone throughout the season that could make a huge impact for you. Uh, other names on the wide receiver list to kind of look at. 
uh, would be Ted Ginn Jr. on the New Orleans Saints. Uh, had a big day. Uh, definitely getting the targets from Drew Brees. So uh, that would be a potential filler in if you got a, a banged up wide receiver already. And Geronimo Allison of the Green Bay Packers. I talked about him in a Deep Sleeper for uh, before the season, and it's coming to pass. You know, Aaron Rodgers loves throwing to this guy. And again, for the record, what a performance by Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night, uh, given everything that happened to him. But uh, yeah, you know, there's a natural rapport between Allison and Rodgers. He trusts him. Allison's going to get those uh, snaps in there uh, just because, you know, Randall Cobb can only do so much uh, in terms of overall snap count. And Devontae Adams, the number one. So Allison can definitely factor in uh, into that wide receiver three conversation. And, you know, depending on the week, if he gets in the end zone, he'll uh, be a wide receiver two. So I, I would look at Allison on waiver wire if he's not already uh, picked up in your league. And finally, I would take a look at John Brown of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, based on snap counts, uh, Brown's getting a ton of uh, burden with the Ravens. And uh, the fact that uh, they look to be e- even more aggressive in the passing game is actually a good sign. Uh, just because it, it, you know, they didn't really uh, go into heavy run uh, against Buffalo as I thought they would. So... Uh, they it looks like they're trying to be a little more aggressive and throw the ball some more. So if that's the case, uh, Brown is definitely a possibility just given his speed. And Flacco, you know, for all of his faults, he still has a big arm. So he can get the ball down the field uh, as needed. So uh, Brown is someone you can take a shot on uh, overall if you're looking for wide receiver help. Moving on to the running back position. Uh, The name I'm going to throw out here is T.J. Yeldon of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, again, Leonard Fournette going down. If you didn't handcuff him, shame on you because Fournette and his injury history, uh, he was one of those guys that you had to handcuff given the fact that he gets nicked up all the time. So with Fournette having hamstring issues, I'd be shocked if he plays this week. So that automatically slides Yeldon into... Uh, a running back of one position, in my opinion. I think he's the top 10 running back, uh, just uh, given the slate. Uh, and uh, you can start him with confidence, uh, Yeldon, that is, uh, in your lineup if you pick him up on waivers. Uh, because uh, Yeldon is still less than 25% owned. I-, I can't believe that people did not handcuff Leonard Fournette uh, drafting him in leagues. It just boggles my mind, really. When you have someone like Fournette, who's injury-prone at LSU, was injury-prone during his rookie year, you're coming into this season, and you take him with a back-end of the first-round pick or second, early second-round pick, you got to handcuff him. It, it's, it just, you know, to me, it's a bit of a waste because now you're in a waiver-wire game with a bunch of other owners who know that Fournette probably isn't going to play this week. Now, if you're having to do uh, free agency uh, bids uh, for uh, Yeldon, you're probably going to end up having to uh, spend double digits uh, just to bring him in when, realistically, you could have just handcuffed him and saved yourself uh, the headache. But, um, yeah, I would say 
Yeldon would be to play here. Hey, Throwdown Nation. Are you at the bottom of your fantasy league wondering what is going on with your quarterback? Well, I think I've got a new show that may just fit the bill for you. The show is called Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks to get your burning questions answered, such as, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Can Aaron Rodgers actually play a full season on one healthy leg? And can Dak Prescott actually lead the Cowboys to a Super Bowl in spite of Jerry Jones? Coach Weiss and co-host Steve Stroud have got you covered on all things quarterbacks. Listen now on Apple Podcasts or any major media platform. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. And I know folks are going to be targeting uh, Philip Lindsay uh, with the Broncos. A couple of things here that I, I just wanted to point out uh, with uh, Lindsay. You know, a lot of it ended up kind of being how the situation played out with uh, Seattle's run defense in terms of uh, who had uh, the responsibility in certain gaps. So, A, I, I kind of put that on, like, how the game flow went. Uh, Royce Freeman is still the starter on that team. I know uh, folks are uh, kind of jumping and say, you got to uh, gotta go grab Lindsey. I, I would say, yes, you can definitely put in a push to grab Lindsey, especially if you got injuries and uh, – you know, folks are just not uh, performing anyway. But, uh, you know, I, I would say that uh, overall, uh, don't go crazy uh, trying to bid on Lindsay. If you're if you're trying to bid double digits for Lindsay, I, I think it I think your money's better spent elsewhere. Just holding off for now instead of reacting to week one, because, again, from a game flow perspective, it just kind of worked out that way uh, that Lindsey was getting some carries, but Freeman is still the number one uh, in Denver. The one other thing I will say about Lindsey, though, is the fact that he did look good as a pass catcher in a preseason. The bad news is Case Keenum's the one throwing him the football. And although Keenum had three picks against Seattle on Sunday, it could have been five or six Like if Seattle was actually playing the Legion of Boom as originally constituted. Uh, I mean, Keenum was horrendous. Uh, you know, if there weren't so many other bad quarterbacking examples, Keenum would have been spotlighted a lot more and Denver won their game. So uh, he, he avoided uh, uh, full gaslighting. But uh, yeah, it, it's one of those where uh, take a look at Lindsay, just don't go overboard. I, I wouldn't spend more than eight or nine bucks on him. Uh, it's way too early in the season to just try to uh, splurge on a guy uh, when you're trying to get a sense of uh, uh, true market value. So I, I wouldn't go overboard just yet. Although it was a a nice debut. I again don't don't go hysterical over it. Austin Eckler uh, is another name. You know, still being productive in San Diego. I, I and with Melvin Gordon again being one of those injury prone backs. Unlike Fournette, Melvin Gordon. It tends to be a gamer, so Gordon kind of gets it out. But, you know, you're going to get those game or two where Gordon is going to be doubtful or game time decision. Eckler is always a smart option, in my opinion, just to cover yourself uh, instead of playing the waiting game with Melvin Gordon, who, again, is one of those backs that you would have taken back into the first round, early second round. It just makes sense uh, grabbing him. And Philip Rivers likes throwing to him. So, it, you know, it just makes sense. It's not just, 
a handcuff who's never going to play. Eckler's going to see the field quite a bit for the Chargers. Uh, talked about it uh, multiple times, but James White should be more owned in leagues. Uh, he's still under 60% owned. I don't get why. He's still uh, Tom Brady's favorite uh, pass-catching uh, target out of the backfield. Uh, even when uh, Deion Lewis was there last year, James White was still the pass-catching uh, back more often than not. So uh, I-, I would say uh, James White should be owned if, if he hasn't been picked up yet. Uh, and judging by a lot of leagues, he hasn't been. I you know I kind of scratch my head sometimes if folks are paying attention or that afraid of New England running backs when, you know, again, it's not always going to be consistent, but they put up numbers. You, you can't ignore them entirely. It doesn't make any sense. So uh, that is uh, going to do it for the running back position. I'm just going to say briefly on the quarterback position, no, you're not dropping Matt Stafford. I, I saw that posted enough questions enough times to me and on different sites. It doesn't make sense. Yes, was Stafford horrendous against the Jets? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and the, the fact that the Jets of all teams are bragging about knowing the signals of uh, another team, you know, just shows how ill-equipped the Jets are for handling success. So those of you who were celebrating Sam Darnold, uh, he was throwing to wide open wide receivers. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to knock him, but, but, you know, let's just face facts. Like the lines were atrocious on Monday night football and that game needs to just like be shovel, uh, just uh, shoved into a black hole somewhere because Ratings were down because the game sucked. <laughs> There's not much else to say about that. The ratings were down because uh, the Jets-Lions game was terrible. Uh, I-, I can't believe that they didn't switch the games and put the Rams-Raiders on early. And, you know, even though it's a, a West Coast game, that should have been the uh, mid-game. But, you know, they like getting the West Coast off- audience outside. Uh, you know, if you're going to do it that way, you might as well just have a t- two, uh, basically East Coast or like a mountain time game with Denver something. But, you know, it doesn't make sense the way they have it set up uh, uh, doing it that way. I don't even like doing the doubleheader on Monday Night Football, to be honest. But uh, anyway, I'm getting off track. Uh, in terms of quarterback waiver wire pickups, Tyrod Taylor is an option that folks have been banding about because of how bad the Saints looked. You know, the Saints in the Superdome usually are a tough out defensively. You know, I just think they were reading their press clippings too much and weren't ready to play against Tampa. I expect that to be different this Sunday against the Browns. Uh, Taylor was also struggling to kind of get on the same page with some of his receivers. He, he got a little bit of a rhythm as the game went on, but, uh, I just think with the loud uh, noise that's going to be in the Superdome, that's going to be a tough environment to function in. So I'd be more worried about using Taylor as my streamer QB this week. Uh, Other options you could take a look at would be Pat Mahomes, who again continues to show that gun of an arm. Uh, So Mahomes uh, would be a waiver wire target in my opinion. And no, you can ignore Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's not even going to be remotely close to what he produces the rest of the season. So uh, that's a one-off. Ignore entirely. Uh, Don't waste your time. 
So uh, that's where I kind of look at it. Now, in terms of uh, defenses to stream, if you got a chance to grab the Chargers defense, it, it should be picked up. But, uh, uh, you know, the Chargers will be the number one ranked defense. Uh, but uh, another option you can take a look at would be the Bears defense, uh, just because they have a nice matchup against Seattle. Doug Ball went out. Uh, Russell Wilson still does not have an offensive line to protect him uh, and is going to be running for dear life. I mean, I expect Khalil Mack's going to have at least a sack in this game, maybe a second and a half, uh, just because of the amount of pressure he's going to be able to generate on Seattle's O-line. Uh, so I, I think Mack is still in line for another monster game after the havoc he uh, raged on Sunday night for the first half against the Packers. So, uh, those will be my waiver wire suggestions. Uh, again, uh, as the season goes along, one of the things you want to pay attention to is not necessarily the fantasy production, but the snap counts. And I know sometimes folks don't want to go into those, uh, that level of detail, but really you kind of have to get a sense of how the game was going. And one of the best indicators of that would be taking a look at the snap counts by team. Uh, for position players, uh, so uh, ju- just something to keep uh, keep in mind. More food for thought, but uh, as we go along in the season, you'll see how those patterns emerge in terms of like who you should be picking up off of waivers. So that's gonna do it for the show. Uh, good luck uh, with your upcoming week, and uh, hopefully uh, your waivers will work out well. Take care. <laughs> It's the most talked about position in all of sports, the quarterback. And now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field, Celebrity QB, featuring four-time Super Bowl champion coach, Charlie Weiss. Unlike other football shows, you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks. Like, is this the year Tom Brady finally looks his age? Will dating Danica Patrick distract Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's dating Danica Patrick, Charlie. We're interested in that, you know? Well, I mean, Tommy's got Giselle. I'll I'll take Giselle, okay? (laughs) Is Dak Prescott good enough to win a Super Bowl for the Cowboys? Which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018? How about intellectually, Charlie, as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now? The game has changed, but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous. Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.